0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the Week 12 Start Sit Show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's
2: up, Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at RotoViz, bringing to you a start sit show for the Thanksgiving week slate of games. And this is going to be slightly different than the other start sit shows that we have done prior this year. Uh, We will not be recording this on a stream, fielding questions rather. What I am going to do, seeing as this will be coming out on the morning of Thanksgiving, where you probably have a compressed window of time in which you can absorb this content, is trying to really quickly run through and highlight some of the players that we commonly get questions on. So, without further ado, we will begin. And we're going to be starting with quarterbacks as always CJ Stroud against the Jaguars highest rated quarterback in this week's GLSP behind him. You have Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, then Sam Howell in his matchup with Dallas. We fielded a lot of questions about Sam Howell in recent weeks. This looks like a very terrific spot in which you can trot him out. Now it's kind of interesting because wide receivers have not fared from a matchup radar article perspective too well against Dallas. But passers like Sam Howell, and it helps that he's in a group of players here where they're averaging 38 attempts, players like Howell against defenses like Dallas have gone for over 300 yards on average with 2.1 passing touchdowns. And you actually see his largest bucket here uh, with 36% of his matches being the bucket that is over 25 PPR, uh, wow, over, uh, geez, 66% of his matches went 15 and beyond. Um, actually, I might have done my math incorrectly there. Yeah, I lied to you. It's actually uh 60, 76% of his matches went over 15 points. So tremendous outlook there for Sam Howell, followed by some of the usual specs. In Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, you do see Trevor Lawrence against Houston find his way into QB one territory this week. Now he will be facing the Houston Texans. And let's just take a quick moment here, drill in a little bit on what is driving this. So he's expected to go 22 out of 34 for around 246 passing yards, 1.7 passing touchdowns. And actually 20% of his matches scored rushing touchdowns. That gives him an average of 18.8. And he has pretty much a flat distribution with almost uh, a quarter landing in each bucket when you look from 10 to 15 on to over 25. Uh, So it is a pretty decent outlook for somebody like Lawrence this week. However, I have very often fielded the question of Lawrence or Howell. Uh, This would be a clear case for Howell. We also see um, Russell Wilson in at QB 13. Tommy DeVito against New England actually comes in at wide receiver 14. I mean, if you were to find yourself in dire straits, you could do worse than Tommy DeVito this week. Uh, Jordan Love, not the best outlook actually against Detroit. Jared Goff is in the same bucket there, both around 16 points. The GLSP does not really like Josh Dobbs this week against Chicago, puts him at 15 points. Point four. other players lower than you might like to see you have geno smith finishing pretty low um geno smith at just 13.7 let's take one quick look here at josh dobbs and how this stat line is arrived at so for dobbs and he's facing the bears as i said his comps went for Uh, 36 passes, they complete 22, averaging 235 pass yards, just 1.2 touchdowns, and it only has him with 26 rush yards. 10% of his matches found the end zone on the ground. What I would say here, and granted, I have not drilled into this as extensively on a compressed week as I may have in a typical week, but my expectation here would be that The amount of points it's assigning to Dobbs for rushing this week uh, is too low. And I would say that his average of 15.4 should probably be closer to about 17.4 if I make some adjustments for things that I know are impacting what's going into Dobbs GLSP this week and how things are being calculated. Uh, That said, um, does not look like he's in striking distance really of having a wide receiver one week in the majority of outcomes for him this week. So you've gotten a lot from Dobbs this year. This might not be a week though, where it continues. Um, Kyler Murray, I think I mentioned against the Rams is at 20.2. I would feel pretty confident to be honest with you about trotting out Kyler Murray this week. Um, I think that there's only maybe six or seven quarterbacks. I'd be more interested in playing. Now what you see here is, Is an average stat line for Murray with 250 pass yards, 1.7 passing touchdowns, but his comps rushed for 34 yards and 30% found the end zone rushing as a result of that 30% of his matches went beyond 25 uh, does not have too significant um, of a downside when you look at the distributions this week. So I feel pretty good about Kyler Murray. All right, let's make our way to running back. Now, if Kyron Williams, it is clear, is going to play, the GLSP loves his chances against the Cardinals. Um, I'm not sure for listeners what your team looks like. Um, and if you could afford to maybe wait that first week and make sure that he's going to be able to get in the full game. But he is projected for 18.4. 26% of his matches went beyond 25 very easily looking like the best running back this week from a GLSP perspective. He is also followed by Rashad White. We talked about White earlier in the week. Pretty sure he should be in lineups. Um Jameer Gibbs with an average of 15, definitely inside this week's uh RB1 territory. tool does like Isaiah Pacheco with 14 and a half points against the Raiders followed by David Montgomery, then Jerome Ford against Denver. Um, I'm not sure if questions would still be coming in about Jerome Ford, but if you were to zoom in on his outlook against the Broncos, you'd see uh, 14 rushing attempts on average for players like Ford against defenses like Denver's. 64 rushing yards. 60% of his matches found the end zone rushing. uh, Moderate... Stats as a receiver, two receptions, 15 yards rushing. But uh, his distribution peaks between 10 to 15, with 24% falling into that bucket. Does get 20% in the 15 to 20 bucket and um, 20% in the 20 and on bucket. So, pretty good outlook for Ford. Definitely sitting firmly into RB2 territory with the potential of finishing as an RB1. He is followed by. Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Ramondre Stevenson against the Giants might be worth looking at here. Um, the tool says that backs with stats like Stevenson against opponents like the Giants are going for 56 yards, averaging, or excuse me, 40% found the end zone as rushers. Some moderate receiving work gets them to around 12.1 PPR on average, Uh, What you do see, though, is not much upside beyond 20 and 25% of his matches going lower than five points. So a lot more downside than some of the players that you're seeing in the area of Stevenson. But kind of what happens here is there's a lower percentage in the 5 to 10 bucket for him, which means that he's got almost 50% sandwiched between 10 to 20 offsetting some of that downside. Listen, I would not feel good about playing Ramondre Stevenson uh, despite where the GLSP is here, but know that if you're using GLSP to get a better feel of this, it does have him as a pretty high RB two this week. Again, at this point in the year, it's hard to know what many of your teams might look like, uh, especially teams that are still in the race, because we kind of assume that teams that are very engaged and still listening at this point in the year, two we start sit show, are probably some of the stronger teams. I would imagine that Ramondre Stevenson is not on many of those teams. Continuing along, if we now look at RBs sixteen to thirty, Brian Robinson against Dallas, he's been on a pretty good streak. Comes in uh, at sixteen. You got Najee Harris at seventeen. Brees Hall. At 18, then you've got Jalen Warren with 11.6. So against the Bengals, we see Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both finishing in RB2 territory. Jalen Warren probably going to be a popular, if we did the start sit show, I think would have been a fairly popular choice. So if we punch in Warren and zoom in a little bit on him, He's expected to go for around 52 yards. What the tool likes about him, though was 50% of his matches found the end zone against defenses like Cincinnati's. So it gives him an average of 11.6. He does though have pretty significant downside this week. Some of the upside that you might think would be there for him on those explosive plays is not being captured in his comp group, at least um, this week. And if we take a look at Najee, what you'll find here is that he also has the expectation, very similar stat line here around 53 yards, 50% of his matches found the end zone. Given that they've kind of had similar output from what you would toss into the GLSP when it's doing its thing, it's not surprising they get similar outcomes here. And I think what we're taking away from this is there's pretty good odds that one of these guys should score a rushing touchdown, uh, I don't know how useful that is, but I think what we're seeing here is that they're both should be somewhat viable uh, this week and, you know, definitely make a case to be in lineups. Gus Edwards just behind them. Raheem Mostert against the Jets does not get as good of an outlook as he has had in prior weeks, but he should be in. Devin Singletary, probably a player that we would get questions on, comes in, still in RB ter- RB2 territory against the Jaguars you need a little bit more information on his outlook. What you're probably looking at in an average game for him is 50 yards but 60% chance of finding the end zone, which you have to like. Uh 75th percentile PPR outcome for him would put him with 15 points. A uh, 25th percentile outcome gets him to 6.1. He has a little bit of downside. But uh, you do see over 50, 52% actually of his matches going between five to 15, 15 to 20. You get 18% minimal above the 20 mark. 22% of his matches failed to get to five points. I would say though, this week, that PPR projection of 11.1 feels pretty spot on. I'd probably be expecting Singletary to put up like 10 points for your team this weekend. Uh, As we continue along you get Bijan Robinson right behind Singletary, Tony Pollard down a little bit. Uh, then you get to Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, Dante Foreman. And from 31 to 45, Javante Williams does not get a good projection uh, this week against the Browns, which shouldn't be a surprise. Saquon Barkley against the Patriots, it really doesn't like. So, anybody listening that tries to use this stuff for DFS, perhaps that's something you consider. Um, One of the lower projections for him. Ken Walker, if he is able to play, although I kind of am not getting a good feeling that he's going to be able to go against the 49ers this week, uh, he would draw a pretty weak uh, projection for himself, which is an average of 9.6. You might be wondering what you're going to get, though, if you went with the rookie uh, and you try to get him into your lineup. So if we look at um, Zach Charbonnet here, No, sorry. I actually wanted to look at Walker and we'll pretend that this could apply to Charbonnet Walker only expected to get 13 attempts, 52 yards, 30% of his matches did find the end zone. Now, of course, to some degree, this GLSP for him is pulled down by last week uh, where you had different usage, different stats than you would be accustomed to given that he was dealing with an injury, but did start the game. So maybe that gives some window into what you might expect from him. All right, we're at at 14 minutes or so here. An ad might get inserted in, but we're doing pretty decent on schedule. Try to keep the same pace here. I really want this to be under 25 minutes for all of you
2: this show is sponsored by better help it is almost the end of 2023 we are coming up to the holiday season i for one am very excited about the holidays as they approach but it can be a time of the year where you may struggle with seasonal blues it can be a wonderful time but it can also be a challenging time but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings therapy can be a bright spot amid the stress and change something to look forward to to make you feel grounded give you the tools to manage everything going on. 2023 was the first year that I tried therapy. I started in early 2023 and have continued throughout. It's helped me to learn positive coping skills, to help me work through the process on a day-to-day basis, and to help me process some life events. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched to a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom Rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.comslash Rotoviz.
1: Uh, best wide receiver this week's looking like Ceedee lamb against the commanders followed by the usual cast of characters, which mighty, 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 uh, I don't know what I mean by that or where I was going with that, but Nico Collins and tank Dell both projecting as wide receiver ones this week against the Jaguars. And the crazy thing is that could happen, uh, just the fact that you now have two of CJ Stroud's receivers in there is awesome. Uh, you know, we're expecting them to finish high, but getting both of these guys in there is really wild. Uh, does like Tyler Lockett against the 49ers this weekend has him in wide receiver two territory. Uh, I do think though the Seahawks wide receiver core, you got to look at the health of the players in there. Um, Given some of the stories I saw earlier in the week, I don't know if anything is still up in the air uh, come game time, but you might want to check that out. Josh Downs should have a very, very good week. He's ranked as the wide receiver 15. Um, I just finished refreshing the wide receiver matchup ratings for this week. Josh Downs has the best uh, matchup rating against the Buccaneers they're playing this week of all wide receivers a very solid rating for him so it looks like he should be very well positioned for a solid game against the Buccaneers you have Jordan Addison coming in at wide receiver 16 now we saw C.D. Lamb at wide receiver one shouldn't come as too much of a shock that we see Brandon Cooks as wide receiver 17 because a lot of what it's seeing for Lamb there is going to get picked up for Cooks because the commander's Defense uh, presents a pretty favorable matchup for many wide receivers. 70% of Cook's matches found the end zone against defense. Defense Defenses like Washington's, also 70 yards for those players. So an average of 15.3 actually gets 16% of his matches going beyond 25, just 10% under 5, 22% between 5 to 10 which means you have over 70% of his matches going um or not uh yeah you have 67% of his matches going for more than 10 PPR impressive stuff there if that were to hold true um other players worth mentioning here um Calvin Ridley getting into solid wide receiver 2 range along with Christian Kirk you see George Pickens A Flowers Tyler Boyd is notable um, with T Higgins dealing with injury. Tyler Boyd not only has a solid GLSP this week, but also has the second most favorable matchup, given the matchup rating tool. He's followed by Chris Olave, Debo Samuel. Now we're in the wide receiver 31 to wide receiver 45 region, uh, where there's probably players that are more useful for those of you looking for flex options. So Gabe Davis against Philadelphia and, man, heading into the season, uh, you if you were Philadelphia fan, a Philadelphia fan and you looked at that Kansas City-then-Buffalo game, it would have been really interesting. Uh, of course, Buffalo not quite as strong as you might have expected. Regardless, though, you have Gabe Davis against the Eagles with an average PPR here of 11.9. Davis has definitely been, to some degree, that classic boom-bust type of player this year. Uh, 40% of his matches finding the end zone. Also averaging around four receptions, 53 yards does have fairly limited upside and his highest concentration is in the five to 10 bucket with 28% landing in there. But we do know that Philadelphia has been very, very susceptible to a variety of receivers this year. I think this is a good week for Gabe Davis. If I were choosing between him and some of the other players, I would anticipate that you are going to be comparing him with there's a very good chance that I would lean to Davis. Now, uh, other names that you see here, you got Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddle, Jaden Reed, who scores well in the matchup rating, also coming in here right on the cusp of being a wide receiver three. The Packers are playing the Lions. I will give you one quick look here to help you out. Uh, if we, a quick look into Jaden Reed, 40% of his match is finding the end zone putting up 51 yards on three and a half receptions, 75th percentile at 16.1. But there is some serious downside with a 25th percentile at 4.8. Also, his largest bucket does come underneath five with 27 percent of players landing in that bucket. How does he get as high as he did, though? That is because you do see nine percent of his matches going beyond 25, also five percent beyond 20 Uh, or going in the 2025 bucket, which is kind of pulling up some of his numbers via those performances. Uh, if we continue to make our way down here, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jacoby Myers just out of wide receiver three territory tool does not like Chris Godwin this week. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Mike Evans, but Mike Evans, I think is a very likely candidate to finish as a wide receiver and one this week against the Colts. Khalil Shakir now coming in um, on the top three pages here. If you use the pagination feature on the, um, on the all players tab under wide receivers in the GLSP, he is expected to put up 10.6 points against the Eagles. He's been getting more involved playing against the Eagles will help. Uh, We take a quick final look at the fourth page here. Uh, The tool does not really like Devontae Adams against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's defense has been pretty darn good this year, probably better than their offense. That's some of what's driving that. McLaurin against the Cowboys, it does not like. The Cowboys, as I said earlier, have been a pretty difficult matchup for opposing wide receivers. We're seeing that here for McLaurin. Uh, I do know that McLaurin has been okay against the Cowboys the last couple of years, but I think that's it's pretty notable to see him down here. It's possible on some of those very strong wide receiver teams, and I know our listeners have, he might not be one of your top four options if you're if you have, you know, three wide receivers and a flex or two flex, two wide receiver spots. Romeo Dobbs, not a great outlook this week. Garrett Wilson against Miami. Very poor outlook this week. Jahan Dotson, the tool, does not like either. All right, I'm at just about 22 minutes. We'll compress tight ends in here. Uh, at the top this week, you have TJ Hawkinson, followed by Dalton Kincaid against the Eagles. You definitely want to have him in your lineup. I imagine you would, followed by Trey McBride, David Njoku, Travis Kelsey, Johnu Smith against the Saints, the tool does like. Uh, at this point, it's kind of hard to argue with it. Um, you can understand how that would happen. Then you got Dalton Schultz, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, Jake Ferguson. It likes against the commanders. Then we see Kyle Pitts Cole Komet against the Vikings, a fringe tight end one. I would imagine that Cole Komet is in lineups. For those of you listening, he's followed by Logan Thomas, Pat Fryermuth, Zach Ertz. Yeah, there's really not a lot of interesting things going on. At tight end this week, the tool does not like the outlook for Evan Engram with an average of 7.5 PPR, which could be kind of disappointing. Um, Irv Smith, who I've tried to use to fill in for some of my teams where I lost Mark Andrews um, or Darren Waller uh, or some of my teams where it's been hard to feel the tight end given some of the other injuries that we've seen um, and hasn't worked out too great. He's scheduled for 6.1 against the Steelers. Uh, If we dig a little bit deeper, you got Hunter Henry at 5.7 against the Giants, followed by Gerald Everett. Tyler Higby. It does not like this week, just 5.5 points um, on average from his comps against defenses like Arizona's. So super quick there. Try to rifle through it. Of course, this is all available at the site if you need to go and digest it there. Uh, Hopefully some of this these positive players. We talked about some of this stuff comes true and helps you pull off some wins over the Thanksgiving week. As we said earlier, I really hope that uh, everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Hopefully you get to spend some time with your family, watch some football, win some fantasy football matchups. And uh, I do really truly appreciate everybody for listening. Um, You know, the interaction that we get and everybody that stops by for the start sit show when it's live. So You're going to have some tough decisions coming up. Make sure that on Thursdays, you come and you see us on that live stream. Normally start around 735 on Thursdays. Go to YouTube, search roto You can find our channel uh, and then come in and sit in and drop in some of your questions. All right. Thanks again. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.